It's Wednesday, August the 12th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, Biden's running mate and Russia's COVID-19 vaccine. First, the world in brief. Joe Biden, the presumptive Democratic nominee for America's presidency, announced Kamala Harris as his running mate. The senator for California will be the first black woman on a major party's presidential ticket. An early contender for the Democratic nomination herself, she clashed with Mr Biden in televised debates, but came to be seen as a safe, centrist choice. The party's progressive wing has been wary of her history as a prosecutor. Russia became the first country to grant regulatory approval to a vaccine against COVID-19. After less than two months of human trials, some experts question the speed of the process. President Vladimir Putin, whose daughter has already been inoculated, said the vaccine had passed all the necessary tests. Mass inoculation could start this month. After 102 days without local transmission in New Zealand, four members of a family in Auckland tested positive for COVID-19. The city is under lockdown again and the country is back to social distancing. Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern said the scheduled dissolution of Parliament would be delayed for at least a few days. Elections are to be held September 19th. SoftBank reported a profit of nearly $12 billion for the quarter to the end of June, reversing the worst annual results in the Japanese tech investment firm's history, a net loss of $7.4 billion announced in May. Its vision fund made gains of $2.8 billion in the latest quarter. But much of the good news came from one-off sales of shares. Britain's Court of Appeal issued a ruling against police use of facial recognition software. The complainant argued that the South Wales police's scanning of his face while shopping and at a peaceful protest was an unlawful overreach with the technology. The ruling did not bar use of facial recognition, but will make police forces ensure greater safeguards. New figures suggested the worst is still to come for Britain's labour market. Although overall unemployment remained at 3.9%, this was because many workers have not formally sought jobs. Many furloughed employees have had their incomes supported by government intervention. Overall employment dropped by 220,000 quarter-on-quarter in the three months ending June, the most since 2009. And America's most-watched league of college sports teams postponed its American football season because of COVID-19. The 14 members of the Big Ten will attempt to play in the spring instead. Other conferences may follow suit. American college sports, a multi-billion dollar industry, is also reckoning with big questions over how to protest against racism and whether to pay its student-athletes. And now, here's today's agenda. Punch Drunk America's Tariff War with Europe Today, the United States Trade Representative is expected to review the European products on which to impose tariffs as part of a long-running dispute over aircraft subsidies. In late June, the USTR proposed hitting imports including olives, vodka and chocolate and worth $3.1 billion in 2018. That prompted 24,000 formal comments from the public, some from wine importers complaining that the previous round of tariffs had made their tipples pricier. This is no Trumpian tiff, but rather retaliation authorised by the World Trade Organization. Even so, no resolution is on the horizon. The European Union claims to have withdrawn subsidies for Airbus, the bloc's champion plane maker, and is eager to retaliate against American subsidies for Boeing, its arch-rival. WTO permission for those will land in September. But the Americans also claim that their subsidies have been withdrawn and warn that if the EU applies tariffs, they will strike back once again. 
Not so fast. Russia's COVID-19 vaccine. Yesterday, Russia said it had approved a COVID-19 vaccine developed by local scientists. Healthcare workers and teachers are being offered the jab. But the vaccine has not been through all the clinical trials needed to prove it is safe and effective. The first test in humans, which began in mid-June, involved 38 people. For comparison, the final stage trials of several COVID-19 vaccines developed in America, Britain and China have recruited tens of thousands. These are the kinds of numbers needed to rule out serious but rare side effects and to prove that a vaccine works when people are exposed to the virus in their daily lives. For a disease like COVID-19 that is fatal in less than 1% of those infected, the vaccine will need very compelling proof of safety. If it is anywhere near as bad as the disease, confidence in other, safer vaccines may sink, and not just in Russia. Going back 100 years. Britain's tanking GDP. Britain's unemployment figures yesterday were not as bad as some expected, mainly thanks to the government's furlough scheme and Britain's leaving the workforce. But today's second quarter GDP figures will be particularly grim. The numbers are likely to confirm that Britain has experienced its deepest recession since at least the early 1920s, in the wake of the First World War. The country locked down later than many of its neighbours, and the first quarter was not too bad as a result. But Britain's lockdown lasted longer in the second quarter than theirs, weighing down on economic activity. The worst may be over in terms of growth. Economic activity probably began to expand again in May, but is yet to come in the labour market. With the furlough scheme due to wind down at the end of October, redundancies rising and hiring mostly on hold, unemployment seems sure to surge much higher. Birth of a Nation Bougainville votes for a midwife From today until September 1st, the people of Bougainville, an autonomous province in Papua New Guinea, head to the polls to elect a new president and provincial legislators. A record 25 candidates for president will be on the ballot paper. Bougainvillians must choose wisely. In December, 97.7% of voters in a referendum opted for independence from Papua New Guinea. In a civil war between 1988 and 1998 to pursue independence, some 20,000 people or nearly 10% of the population were killed. The referendum result is non-binding, but the agreement laying out its rules requires both governments to agree on what powers Bougainville will gain. Any deal must be ratified by Papua New Guinea's parliament. The new president will have to tangle with Papua New Guinea's Prime Minister, James Moropi. He has acknowledged the referendum result, but wants Bougainvillians to consider a third way that would give them economic but not political independence. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Erwin Schrödinger, who was born on this day in 1887. The task is not so much to see what no one has yet seen, but to think what nobody has yet thought about that which everybody sees. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.